hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. And guess who is joining me today? Well, I mean, if you clicked on this episode, you already know it is Pastor Joe Jackson, the one and only from Lansing, Michigan. Welcome again to another episode of the podcast. You know, you know you're doing something right, or they're your friend when you get invited back for a second one. Now I consider you my friend. So either you're putting pity on me or we did something right in our last video. I'm just going to hold on that we did something right and I'm your friend. Can it be both? Can it be both? I hope so. I really do. I mean, you know, I'm just waiting for you to sell everything in Toronto, move down here to Lansing. We can become workout buddies. It'd be awesome. I I don't know if, you know what, maybe that should happen because Toronto real estate prices are absolutely ridiculous, Um, but I'm not sure if they're any better where you are. Probably a little bit where I'm at. I'm in a suburb of Lansing. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably could pick up a nice house for, you know, quarter of a mil down here. We're probably where you're at. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Probably where you're at. My house would be probably three quarters of a million. So, yeah. I'm. If you have a house, I am sure here it would be worth like. If you're if you're downtown, it would be like 1.8 million to 2 million, depending on the house. Yes. Um, where we are, my wife and I saw like I always say this. Uh, my wife and I saw a 500 square foot condo. It was listed for 500 thousand. We went, we viewed it, and they were like, "Listen, the buyer won't accept anything under 800 thousand." And we're like, "We are standing in a room. It is just one room. It is this teeny little living space, and we are here." Now, I, now, I lived in California, as I told you, for four years when I was in college, mm-hmm. and. I I remember going out there to the sticker shock of looking at houses that, you know, my family grew up in, you know, middle income family houses. Right. And our house was twice the size of these other houses and, you know, half the price, fourth the price of what they caught. It is such a different world. Sticker shock, definitely mm-hmm. a different thing. So. You know, what's interesting. I was, I was reading a book and apparently that, that middle income, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the cap or the cutout is 70,000. That is all you need. Once you make more than that, there's no more happiness on the other side. There's no more like comfort. Yes. It's just 70. Yeah, it is very weird. They said it's just the, well, as you and I both know, it is happiness is are you good with what you have? I was reading, I, I'm, teaching Contentment. Psalm, I'm teaching Psalm 23 right now in church. And uh, that first passage, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I was explaining mm-hmm. to the group I was teaching, so I said that, that thing, I always misunderstood Psalm 23 as a kid. I thought it was the worst passage ever. Uh, maybe it proves how stupid I am, but this is how I read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I thought it meant the Lord's my shepherd. Him. I don't want him to be my shepherd. That is literally <laughs> how I read the verse. But you know what? As a kid, I read the same thing. Oh, dude. So, so, so we are not, we're not too far off. But so when yeah. I, but as I was teaching, I said, this is what it actually means. It means I'm good. Lord, I don't want anything else. That's it. I, I, I'm, I, I don't need me. I don't have any other wants. I may have needs, but God will supply those needs. I am good. And it is, can you be content with things you have? That by, uh, Paul talks about in the New Testament, be content with the wages that you have. And I found mm-hmm. uh, I've made very, very little. I've made, when I worked in the public sector, I made a lot. And I found that truly happiness is, are you content with the hot dog? Then you'll be content with the steak. If you're not mm-hmm. content with the hot dog, you'll never be content with the steak. But I am going to put that on a plaster and send it to you. <laughs> so what a legendary quote. Right there, dude, um, right there. Just coming up but like, it's not goal. bad to have goals, right? Like yeah. you can obviously work towards something, but also in a state of contentment, realizing that, you know, I'm happy. Yes. I'm happy with what I have. Yeah. No, no. I remember the day I got 
a quote of mine from my book got put on the quotes of Goodreads. And you can search Goodreads and find a quote from my book. And I remember like, it was like the biggest day. Like I just got put on Goodreads as an official author quote. And I were telling my wife, this wife goes, wow. are your goals that low, honey? Like seriously, we can, <laughs> we can, you know, we can, we, we, we can do higher. We can, we do, can higher do better. We have three children. I'm like, and I know that, 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 and you're right, honey, those are better things. I'm just saying, you know, this is super cool. She's like, yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. so funny. But, you know, speaking of, you are in the process of writing a book right now, like another one. Yes, sir. Book two. Book two coming out. Wow. How does it feel? Uh, you know, we are five weeks away from launch date. And, oh, wow. And so it comes out, I believe it's the, actually today when we finish this, I go uh, sit down, have my next phone call, have my next publishing thing and all that stuff and get the final thing. I'm co-authoring it with my father, which is really super Aww. cool. Um, I wrote this book. Uh, oh, it's, this book we I wrote several years ago and I, we just used it here. And my dad and I, we did it to teach people. Uh, we call it Basics for Believers. And it's just mm -hmm. a walkthrough. Uh, we were a big college town. We have about seven major colleges and universities in our city. And so because of that, we haven't, Sometimes we get a lot of people who come in here, they grew up, but they don't know the faith and they right. want to know how to grow their faith. They want to know how to make the mm -hmm. next step. They're like, oh, this is super cool that I know Jesus, but how do I actually pray? Like I remember grandma and I remember the pastor, but I would like to have a prayer like myself. I want to study the Bible myself. How do I do that? So this is just, it's just the follow-up idea of that. And it just walks them through. It's nothing, as I told people, this is not meant to be. Uh, if you're looking above me, I have all my bookshelves. Above Systematic me. Not, theology. This is not a, a deep theology book. This is basics. Here's how you read the Bible. Here's how you study. Here's, a, you know, here's um, you know, why we believe right. the Bible. Things like that. But you need to start from the basics in anything that you Agreed. do and build that foundation, right? It's the same thing with, with I don't know, exercise. The same thing with even reading, like you don't mm -hmm. just start reading a hermeneutics book. You you build up, learn the letters. Once you learn the letters, learn mm -hmm. a cohesive sentence and then keep reading, put it together. You build up, right? Yes, it's the same that, thing here. In our faith, it's the same. It is exactly the same. I think what most people get stuck on, is, I heard the pastor say this once. He said, you know, you meet a bricklayer, right? And a person's right. been a bricklayer for 30 years. And you walk up to that bricklayer and you say to him, hey, I just got this new guy. He's new on the job. Can you teach him about bricks? He said, and the guy will look and go, nope, don't know anything about bricks. I can't teach anyone. He said, you take a Christian, and that's what they say. He said, switch out the word bricklayer for Christian. He said, no bricklayer who's self-respecting would ever say after 35 years of being a bricklayer, I don't know anything about bricks. <laughs> he said, but Christians, they could be a Christian for 35 years. Say, so how do you know to pray? And they go, I don't know. He said, the reason is, is that bricklayers, using that illustration, lay bricks every day of their life. A lot mm -hmm. of Christians don't, don't, they don't do Christianity or their Christianity is watching other Christians do Christianity and they don't then participate in it. Since they don't participate in it, then they don't get to do this stuff. And then they can't explain it next year, which is why there's this big dearth of this next generation, which is why I love, I love this podcast. It's great. You know, watching each generation follow, right? Where and me and you, we aren't too far off, but you are the next generation. I am, I am, almost Generation X, uh, old millennial, 
You be what? Yep. What are you like? Fifteen? Yes. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, dude. Fifteen in there. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm late thirties, coming on forties. I'm right in that zone. Mm-hmm. And then you be what generation Z, early millennial, somewhere in that range. I actually have no idea what generation I am, to be perfectly honest. Well, here, let's put it this way: you have way more hair than I do, so you must be in a younger generation. That, that's how it has to play out. But it, it is just getting that where you can get each generation, and you can see each generation growing in their faith and mm-hmm. studying the faith and then becoming more of it. I'm not saying that they're going to be deep theologians, but by the time you've been a Christian for 50 years, you should be able to say, here's how I pray. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is we haven't taught them how, and we haven't made a necessity for them to know. So that's what the book is about. And it's just uh, four chapters and an introduction and a conclusion, how to do it. Uh, we do it through Bible studies nice and, and groups. A lot of churches are buying in on it already, saying that, hey, they're going to get nice. it in. They're going to use it. Well, I was thinking, like, when you're marketing a book, you don't start marketing a book when you're done the book. You start marketing when you're writing the book, no? Mm-hmm. Like, you you let it out early. Get that that hype up. Build, build the word and, and spread it really early. Well, and because you got to, because people need to know there's so many out there. It's so important, mm-hmm. which reminds me. Now, I could be wrong in this because you were one of the early previewers of my book. You put a video out reviewing it, which is really true. cool. You have a book coming out here. Now, when is your book coming out? we're book buddies. We, we both love to read. We, and you're going to become That's an true. author here soon. You can see all the books. That is the weirdest thing you've ever said to me. Uh, <laughs> that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Wow. I, that never really clicked. But yeah, um, I'm currently in the process. Let's be honest. It's a, Right now, we're on the first draft. There's 25,000 words so far. So mm-hmm. it kind of sucks. But, you know, <laughs> imperfect action. Take take that action. Just put in the work. Be consistent. Yep. It could be one year. could be two years. I have no idea. But I'm just... One step at a time. Well, as I told you, this this first draft of this book right now that is being published and coming out like first week of September, right? I mm-hmm. wrote this, the first draft in, oh, 2011, 2012. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was just, just meant for me. And then I, I kind of showed it to my dad. My dad's like, I'll take two chapters and I'll better those two chapters. You come back and then we merged it together became the thing it is now and we've already taken hundreds of people through this curriculum already uh, at our wow. own church we just printed it out here now it's going to get finally published excited about it you know my first book uh just broke uh, a good milestone for us i'll keep that milestone number to me but you know, <laughs> i when you're <laughs> well congrats when, when you're an author you have like a number right like this is how I'm right of course it's, of course it's a, it broke that number for me two weeks ago it, it finally hit that number. congratulations so getting those things done. So I'm excited about that. I, I, I was talking with my senior pastor, who's also my dad, uh, today about this next book. He goes, my goal, 5,000 copies in the first five years. And I'm like, that is a goal. Like, that is swinging. I thought he was going to say, like, 5,000 copies today. Yeah, I, well, listen, I think that was his original statement. Like, I want 5,000 copies before the end of the year. And I'm like, uh that's hard. That it's, That's it's, hard. It's very hard. But it is. Books are, you know, books are something that people all say they like or they say they don't like. The thing is, even the people who say they don't like, say they do like them, don't always read Don't them. read them. And so that's like, yep. so I, I, I can't tell how many times I'll give a book to someone, I'll come back to them a year later, like, yeah, you know, I, I got started on it, just haven't gotten through it. So it's a goal. Try to help yeah. people where you can. 
Of course, of course, and that's understandable. Even when I sub- like, I have a bunch of fiction books on the shelves mm-hmm. here, and I, I, I love books. I love reading. There are some books that just hit home, and some books like you're getting started, and they're just a drag, and you're like, when does anything happen? And it's just <laughs> I, I've been, <laughs> I've been reading um Anna Karenina, and I just got so bored. No offense to 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 Leo Tolstoy or anything, but I just got so bored. I'm like. I'm maybe yeah sure I'm only a hundred pages in but nothing's happened so far. So. I, there's like some Leo Tolstoy I really like, and then there's some where I'm just like, and the book's done. I always have a rule: if fifty pages in you haven't hooked me, the book's gone. At fifty pages in, I'm done. You know exactly. I I have a very similar rule, mm-hmm. but one book I tried and I tried because everyone said it was so good oh no but I just I couldn't don't, do it don't say uh, the name of the book you're gonna get a ton of haters in the comments they're gonna be like no. oh that's good that's fine that's fine let them hate but the hunchback of Notre Dame was the most boring thing I have ever like nothing ha- he's just explaining Paris and I understand like his his rationale and he's trying to save the oh, yeah. the church or whatever but nothing happened it, the whole of like more than than two-thirds in the book and i've just been reading about architecture which he listen he does a very good job explaining architecture in that book of course amazing but, but like i'm not interested <laughs> yeah no, i was i told i was reading a book i i try to read a book a week that's my goal and so mm-hmm. I, I was reading a j hudson taylor's secret power which Jay Hudson taylor famous mm-hmm. uh missionary to inland china great stuff i've read several of his books i read this book when i was 15 years old i picked it back yeah. up I'm like, I'm going to read it again. Super excited to read this book. I am 80 pages in this book and I look at my wife and I'm like, it's dragging. And it really good. I mean, super, I mean, some of the most meticulous, like letters from other people, super cool stuff that are all included. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. Rephrase it. Not very exciting stuff. Very informational (laughs) heavy. And like, I learned more about like his life, the houses he lived in. It was very, very cool for that side. But the book took me three weeks. And I told my wife, I said, it's been a long time since one of these books mm-hmm. took me three weeks. The next day, I, I got it right here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was reading uh, The Heart of the Shepherd. Um, and oh, nice. I read the book in a day. And yeah. I, I, was like, I was like, there's the difference, right? Like, if it's a good book, you pick it up pretty quickly. You run through it. Not a good book. That's my fear, though. Um, I'm always like a little bit, because, you know, first draft kind of sucks. But like... Oh, yeah. The fear is, what if it sucks? Like, what if I spend all this time, all this energy trying to write this and and spread it to an audience who needs to hear this yep. message, and the book just sucks? And likely it will. It's my it's going to be a for my first book. So, but I just kind of try to work past that fear John, every day. John C. Maxwell, famous author, written you know, probably a hundred oh, yeah. books now. Right? I have uh, I have some books here from him. Lo- love Maxwell. Okay, I was listening to him once. He was talking about book writing. He talked about the very first book he ever wrote. And he said, I'm at this conference, right? So it's years after I wrote the book, right? So this lady walks up to him and she brings up his very first book. And she walks up and says, I want you to sign the book. He said, I just want to let you know, I just can't believe it's the same person. So I'm reading this book and I've read the rest of the books. I couldn't, I, this book, there's, I couldn't find it online. I finally found a copy. He said, and this book is so much different. He said, there's like, I can't remember the number, but like 28 chapters in the book and it's a 100 page book. And she said, and it's so many short chapters that is such a unique writing style compared to what you knew. Why did you do that? He said, because I couldn't think of anything else to write. 
<laughs> and he said, I wanted to give, he said, I actually offered to give the lady her money back for what she paid for the book and asked That's if so I could funny. have the book back so I could get it out of circulation. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, you know, it, it, but it is. The more you do something, I think that's a lot like physical exercise. That's it, true. It's a lot like mental health. It's a lot mm-hmm. like going to church. I like. I love your one podcast where you talked about going to church. I thought that was phenomenal. Getting back in church. There's just something that people are struggling with right now. All these things. Yeah. It's hard to start. Um, I have a PhD. That took a lot of work. And I always tell people, oh, for sure. people are always like, what was the worst part? I said, signing the dotted line that I was going to do this. I said, and people say, oh, no, that's the easy part. No, no, that was the worst part. Because I knew it's like going into a marathon. You know mm-hmm. the amount of pain. If you actually know what you're getting into, you know the pain you're going to walk into. You know what's going to happen. And you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's let's get started. Yeah. There's, there's that quote that's like, the hardest, the heaviest weight in the entire gym is the front door. Yes. Because oh, like, yes. you know what you're subjecting yourself to. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You know, the Bible says it in Proverbs 24, 5, a wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. And that's, I do believe that that is a good admonition mm-hmm. for the church, for Christians to think about. We are supposed to increase our strength. This morning, I got up at 5.35, right? 5.35, I'm up a little earlier than normal. I'm about 6. I know you're a 5 guy. I'm a 6 guy. 5.35, I woke up because I knew I had this stuff to do today. And I knew that if I needed to get my bike ride in, my two-and-a-half-mile bike ride. You also got a bike ride? Yes. You did a bike ride this Me morning? Me too. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, how, how many miles? I got to ask because yours is going to beat mine. Well, miles to kilometers. Uh, I went 10 kilometers, so, 10, so I don't know how many miles that 10 is. 10 kilometers, what is it? 1.8 something. We're not going to do this. We're not math people. So um, <laughs> We don't do public math. We do not do public math. Someone's going to be in the comments like, click, 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 click. If you do this conversion, it's so much simpler. Um, and by the way, please That's post funny. in the comments. It helps the podcast. Um, but That's yeah, true. That's true. But no, I did two and a half. Normally, I do a little longer, but I did it today. I, I got up, I got ready, and I texted my dad. My dad likes to ride with me occasionally. And he's like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. We have this big hill that we that we go ride. You go down it, you go back up it, and you go back yeah. up. It's like a valley. And like it's always the thing. My dad goes, Today, he's like, Hey, today, let's let, maybe we can go the other way. And I'm like, no, no. I, I, I need the hill. I need the hill. And he's like, No, we don't need the hill. I'm like, Yes, we need the hill today. He's like, We need it. I was like, we need it. So I'm like going down the hill. I'm like, yeah, and I have to come back up. And I'm like, no. And it is. <laughs> It is getting to that thing, right? Knowing this is what I got to do. Second Timothy 2.5. And if a man strive for mastery, yet he's not crowned, except he strive lawful. You got to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You got to get up. You got to push it. You got to hit it. No one wants to do it, but everyone knows they need to do it. And it's right. it's it's mental health. It's physical health. It's spiritual. Health. Yeah. They tie together so well. Well, that's actually what I wanted to ask you. Yesterday, I had um, a client tell me like she's been exercising for about about two weeks. And what she's noticed in those two weeks are her anxiety went down. Yes. Like no more anxiety. So is there a tie between the physical and mental emotional health? 100%. So I, I mean, you've talked about this briefly in the past. I had panic mm-hmm. attacks. Um, anxiety and they just drove me nuts and it was during the time of my life I was not exercising and the mm. Bible speaks about uh, 1 Timothy 4 8 
For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profit in all things, having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, and ye are of God, ye are not of your own. Hey, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. The Bible makes it clear. Bodily exercise is important. It ties in with your mental health. It ties in with your spiritual health. And I think mm -hmm. so many people don't get the value of that. When we do counseling, um, and I'm an ordained pastoral counselor, so I get to do stuff. I got certifications from Simbus, Forgotten Man, LCC, it just, you, you name it. We, we, we put the letters up there. They take up an alphabet soup. They work for what you get. But one of the things right. I tell people is they often look for a pill when what they need is progress. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing to think because what people want is, an instant fix pill. Here we go. Take this little pill. Everyone wants the quick fix. Swallow it and I'm better in a day. But that's not it. It is taking the progress. Every day, mm -hmm. little by little, inch by inch, fighting the good fight, finishing the course, keeping the faith. So right. the tie for anxiety and, and in the body, the Bible talks about that, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. It, right. it is getting that part out, but sometimes what we do is we cast all the care, but then we forget that our the what anxiety is. Um, Dr. John Delaney wrote a great book, Redefining Anxiety. Highly recommend it. If you haven't read it yet, pick it up. It's very, very short. It's called a quick read book. Super great. Mm -hmm. uh, in the book, he defined, he gave the best definition of anxiety. I had written a definition of anxiety. <laughs> I have now canceled my definition and just said, his is better. And what he wrote is, anxiety is this. It's a fire alarm. Mm. fire alarms tell you that there's smoke so when you have deep anxiety it's your body telling you that there's smoke and the problem is sometimes we don't realize what the smoke is so the smoke can be that you're overdoing your mind smoke can be that you're doing things you know you shouldn't do or the smoke can be in the physical exercise part you're not doing something you're supposed to do the bible talks about that mm -hmm. he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not it doesn't do it. is sin. And it's a sin. And right. I always tell people, we know we're supposed to exercise. We know that. Ask any American. Uh, Canada, Canadians know this better. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm an American, so I can make fun of us, okay? I can. I, I can. Um, <laughs> you can make fun of us, too. Yeah. We're, we're nothing special. Well, C Canadians have a great gift of just going, A, and they're like, okay with it. Like, like you, you, you can't really insult Canadians very much. Americans, we get deeply offended, like very easily. And that's part of what causes our anxiety is being able to stand there and know it's okay. This is mm -hmm. where I'm at. I, I golf. Rephrase it. I try to golf. I'm not very good at golf. I went to a tournament on Saturday. I'm doing golf. I'm trying to do it for my physical health. I'm going to go golfing later tonight with my wife. We're going to go walk nine holes. It's a good way to get exercise nice. in. It helps. But I'm golfing on Saturday and I am golfing with a young man. He's 17 years old on my team who is like the champ for the state of Michigan. Wow. And he is good. And I'm sitting there beforehand and I'm getting up to golf. And I look, and I said, listen, I just want to let you know, I blew my shoulder out a while back. I'm just trying to get back in the game. I'm here to have fun. And I love what he said. He said, your game is not to be compared to mine. Mm -hmm. He said, I golf every day. He said, Joe, you're just out here to have fun. And I think when you start off with these things, understanding that exercise is here to have fun. 
it's it will help you relieve the stress because it allows those pent up emotions, those pent up anxieties to like sweat, sweat out mm-hmm. of your body, yeah. get your mind out of it. And then your body releases those. And then you get to see goals made. Um, uh, Admiral McRaven, who wrote the book, Make Your Bed. Me and you talked about that before. It's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Talks about every morning getting up, making your bed. And the right. reason is it gives you the accomplishment for the day. Same thing with exercise. It allows your mental anxiety to go, oh, I'm I'm succeeding in something. The reason why anxiety is there is it's often going, I'm not succeeding in things. I'm failing. All these people Mm -hmm. are judging me. However, when you do something like riding a bike and you say, my goal is to do one and a half kilometers or 3.367 miles, whatever the number is, and then you meet that goal right? It feels good. It does. And you, you did get, something. And when you get done sweating and, and like, like, and I know to uh, our female listening audience, some of our guy authors use not as many guys, right? But many of the female sweating doesn't feel good, but at the exact same time, they will agree. I think when they're done, they do feel good because they right. feel accomplished. And now you may not feel great, dirty and sweaty at that moment, but when you get cleaned up, you go, yeah, but I did it. And if you're being realistic with your goal, which the realistic goal is, I will not look like me. I will not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Brad Pitt. That is not a realistic goal for me. Ely, I will so, never look like you. But I can't. You may. I, I could. <laughs> if, I did, if, if I dedicated my life to it, I probably could. But could I be a healthier version? Or if I mm-hmm. said this, I want to look like you. Hair not going to happen, but the rest of it, maybe. Um, I will look like you. You know what I'm going to do? Two years. I'm going to set a two-year goal to look like, or maybe a more, or maybe a more realistic goal be a year, or maybe it's five years and give a realistic goal to reach that goal. Not 30 days, drink a drink, and I'm going to turn into someone else. Well, that's what I always say to my clients, like joining a program. I'm always like, listen, it did not take you 30 days or 12 weeks or one day to get to where you are right now. Yes. It's not going to take you that amount of time to to get back, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't gain 50 pounds in 2 weeks. You're not going to lose 50 pounds in 2 weeks. It's a small it's a journey. It is. You know, I mean you talk about my mom passed away a couple of years ago and that started me on my mm-hmm. health journey and I'm down 50 pounds. I weighed in this morning. I'm about I'm just about exactly wow. 50 pounds down from what I was. And I tell Congrats. you, it, 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 thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. The encouragement is helpful. And that's where I, I would tell people listening to this podcast right now, some of you are going to say in your mind, I do not need an Ely. I do not need anyone else. I can do this by myself. That is one of the greatest mistakes you will make. Having that and support that encouragement, having like the Healthy Christian Podcast, uh, my Facebook group, the uh, Christian counseling group, having those mm-hmm. groups where you can get in there. I'm in a ministry fitness group. That's just pastors. And every Monday they have a Monday weigh in and they talk and, and having that in there where you can see someone sit there and they post up a picture of them with their donut. And they're like, today I didn't <laughs> eat the donuts and it was so hard. But, and then having, you know, 10 people say to you, good job, man. You know what? Good job. You know, what? reach no, your weight, reach, reach your weight goal reach the plan and then, then do that. And having that support system helps because 
what exercise okay. is, and that's the other part where it helps with anxiety, is it's getting that encouragement that mm-hmm. someone's saying, hey, good job. Hey, you know, you lifted that weight. You did it the correct way. Your form was good. Hey, you know what? Yeah. You know, that bike ride right there, that four miles, you sent it over to me with your Apple fitness thing. That was a good job. You beat your old time. Or, hey, you know what? Your time was a little bit slow, but you still made it today. You still got it done. You still got it done. I think that's a really important principle because often we fall into this this illusion that we could just do it on our own. Um, and maybe, maybe for some things that we, we can, mm-hmm. maybe you can do it on your own, but like, for example, there's a, there's a quote, no idea who said it, but like, you can't build a business on your own, True. right? Yeah. You need people to serve to who, mm-hmm. who is going to, to help you build a business if you have no one to give anything to. Yes. And so same thing here, you need that encouragement. You need people keeping you accountable, keeping you supportive, unless you are the most disciplined human in the entire world. Fantastic. Yes. Um, keep yourself accountable, yes. but but even those people will tell you that it helps them to have people. And of course. And like, like they talk about the, the SEAL teams who do like the, the you know, the, the salt flax or what, what, are they, what do they think? They, where they do their training thing. And they talk about the value of having that camaraderie, mm-hmm. right? Of knowing that they're there. Paul talked about it in the book of Timothy. Hey, you know, you know Luke is with me. Demas hath forsaken me. But Luke right. stayed with me and I'm encouraged because Luke is here. Having that person go with you, go, good job, buddy. And there's there's something interesting here. Um, for example, my brother, he recently just did like three months uh, in the forest up north, in the middle of nowhere, planting trees, going through this like good arduous, damn. painful <laughs> process every day, um, planting trees. And when he describes it, it was the most painful thing that mm-hmm. he's ever done. But also the people that he was with and the relationships that he built with yep. those people were so much more strengthened. Yes. And I think it's because when you go through something difficult with someone else, that's kind of like, in a way, it's like a mini trauma response. Yes. Uh, and you build this deeper connection. Same thing goes with exercise, no? Yes, I would completely agree. And that's where the connection happens. A lot of people say, well, I can just join a gym. I'll be myself and I'll be fine. The problem is unless you have someone, you know, I think Planet Fitness did a survey on this a while back and they said the mm-hmm. success rate for them, which not to say just promoting family, but the success rate for them when someone joins alone is very, very low. However, mm-hmm. if you join with a friend who will come with you, it builds strength. You know, the Bible talks about, um, a, you know, a two-fold, a three-fold cord is not easily broken. Not easily broken. And, and that's the thing where you can get that and understand it. You need people. People help you. God mm-hmm. gave us people. And I think we've gotten away from that because what people often sit there and say is, is, well, I have a thousand friends on Facebook. But seeing someone else's post is unfulfilling to your soul. Because it mm-hmm. is human contact, touch, touch matters, speaking voice. Um, you know, me and you, we can talk here right now and we're going to make impact on, so we're going to make an impact on people's lives as they listen to this podcast. However, hopefully, <laughs> I believe, I do believe, I do believe if someone listens and they come with the goal, right? They'll live. But the difference is if they go to the church that I'm going to do here on Sunday, they go work out with you, they go meet you at church, they do those things, right? That is where we can encourage them even more because there's something about the Mm -hmm. face to face, 
value, contact, uh, me saying your name, you saying my name, us, that thing, it drives your soul forward. I have a question because you you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, you set realistic expectations, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think that when, especially today, we are in a state of ridiculous comparison uh, between myself and some random person on the internet, some influencer I've never seen before who has enormous biceps and a 10 pack. Do you think that me comparing myself and setting up certain expectations that that's what I want to look like in three months or whatever it is, is actually going to stop me from achieving my goals? The Bible says comparing yourselves one with another is not wise. And Mm. I would say that is where people have to understand you know, and, and that's why I said, I am the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. I am good with how God made me. The Bible talks about, can you add a height? Can you add a cubic to your height? Can you make yourself taller? Can you make yourself shorter? Hey, whatever happened to whatsoever state I am there within to be content. Now, mm-hmm. when you get to that, that's where some people take that verse out of context and say, well, then I'm just content being fat. Well, I, and I'm not trying to fat shame. I was fat. I was not right with God because the Bible tells me he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. What that means is, is understand there's certain things that are genetics, right? I am genetically five foot, 10 and a half. I cannot touch that. However, I do not need to be five foot, 10 and a half wide. That is something that I can physically work on. And that's something that I was hindering my ministry and my relationship with others by saying it. So I don't need to be Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, you know, whoever these new, you know, Tom Holland, Ryan, I I don't need to be them. I need to be the version that God made me to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to be like Christ. And the book of Acts talks about that they were first called Christians in the city of Antioch because they were the little Christ. I think the the biggest mistake most Christians make is they're trying to be the best version of them when they're supposed to be the best version of Christ. And the yeah. best version of Christ was one who was strong enough of a man to carry a cross up the hill, but was gentle enough of a man that every child wanted to sit on his knee. And there's the two paradigms that we are supposed to put together. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace Romans Mm -hmm. and we want peace and so if we compare ourselves with someone else you'll never have peace Uh, I told you my brother's a bodybuilder professional loves it runs a gym six foot three massive his arms are the size of my leg his legs are my his his (laughs) arms are the size of my legs there there it is and I can't be him I, I, I don't think that that's not the role God's called me to be That's the role God called him to be, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't be healthy. That doesn't mean I should sit down and throw down a package of double stuffed Oreos. It means Mm -hmm. I should be the healthy version God made me to be. That's the goal. Did that Mm -hmm. answer your question? I'm curious. It was a good question. That does. That does. Um, But I still have something going on where I'm noticing that, especially among people who um, want to start exercising and it's mostly due to mental health and want mm-hmm. to better their mental health. There's this thing happening that, that they're coming to me, but when 
who are talking about the program and mm-hmm. we're talking about themselves and improvement, it's almost like a part of them feels guilty mm-hmm. for wanting to take care of themselves. So like, what's that all about? How do we fix that? Um, they feel guilty because they want to take care of themselves. Like they feel guilty from taking it away. They feel selfish um, in a way for taking time for themselves instead mm-hmm. of for their family or taking money to invest in themselves instead of for their kids. Well, and, and I always tell people this, this is, this is the problem that we have. You either have, we live in a world full of very selfish people. Mm-hmm. So since many people are selfish, unselfish people, the people I think you're describing right now, who want to give away everything, they sit there and go, well, the best thing for me to do is just to serve, 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 and not do anything for myself. But the Bible tells us when Elijah overdid it, and did not take care of himself physically and spiritually, that the Lord sent an angel and said, rest for thy journey is too great for thee. You ever see that sign that says, God will never give you more than you can handle? I got a Bible Mm -hmm. verse that contradicts it because God says, hey, listen, there comes times when there's going to be a world in front of you. And you have to remember that's God's world. Mm -hmm. That's not my world. That's God's world. God will take care of those things. I have to rest. And so I have to rest to do those things. And the Bible tells me that bodily exercise profiteth little, but it does profit. And over and over again, the Bible says, they that run a race run all, but one receiveth the crown. Hey, we're supposed to run the race. We're supposed to run the race spiritually, supposed to run the race physically. Um, I believe it was, um, I think it's, it could be Aristotle or Plato says, one of the two of them said, it is one of the greatest shames in a person's life if they live their whole life not mastering their body to the point mm-hmm. where they can know what their body can truly do. And so, right. you know, if you've never seen that spot where you go, okay, this is what my body was physically made. And this is the other part I tell people. I have, I do a lot. Of, I'm a pastor. I do a lot of end of life visits right now. I have a lady in my church. She's passing away. Mm-hmm. She'll pass away. Whether they're telling me she's active at night, she'll pass away before the end of the week. Um, she lived the full life. She biked. Mm-hmm. She snowmobiled. I mean, she lived everything. And when I talked to her about it, she told me one of the best things she chose was being an active person. Because she right. said, then I was active with my kids. I was active. Mm-hmm. With and if you're active young, you'll be active longer. Yep. And then you can be active longer, which means you can then do more with your kids. Uh, how many moms will tell you, oh, I'm so tired all the time. I feel like I have energy. Well, part of that is children are, this is a uh, parrot quote, Lesson Leslie Parrott said, children are love vampires. They suck the love out of you. They suck the energy out of you. They suck everything out of everywhere. Well, part of the reason you feel exhausted is you have not built up your stamina. You want to go run a marathon. You don't start off by running the marathon. You start off by running, you know, 10 yards, 100 yards. Literally, yeah. You, you build up. Well, you want to have kids and do that life. You need to rebuild your strength. That requires daily discipline mm-hmm. and getting that and I, build up that God helps you then do. So then you can then do the things that God called you to do. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of it also is recognizing, like, again, there is a time where we're overwhelming ourselves, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically, whether it's spiritually, and we need to take time to rest. We need to take time to recharge. And we also need to see like, 
what actually does recharge us, yeah. especially in the in the case of children. Um, someone I don't have kids, but like someone told me that when you are trying to to love someone unconditionally, and it's like you're pouring out all this love, but you're not receiving love from above. Yes, it comes becomes very hard. Like you have to understand that God recharges. God mm-hmm. does give love. He gives peace. He gives patience. Maybe sleep does too. I don't know. But um, yeah. you have to find out what recharges you, right? Yeah. The Bible says in Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I okay. will help thee. I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. God says, I'll fill us up. Uh, Wilder Harvey, he wrote a great book uh, called His Needs, Her Needs. Great book on marriage. Now, some people don't love it all. I like some points in it. He wrote another book called The Love Bank. The Love Bank is the part I always take out of his book. He talks about in relationships and in uh, life in general, look at your life every, and he says, he just talks about relationship. I take for life in general, look at your life in general, like a bank account. Every day you get this much in it. So if you have this much, let's say you have a hundred measures of love a day, well, if you lose 50 of those measures of love to one person every day, well, you only have 50 left. And when you get to the end, you're empty. That's why you mm-hmm. need people depositing into your life. Well, the same thing right. goes with physical exercise. You need to do your body that people know that muscles atrophy. Well, the stamina mm-hmm. that you need to get, this is why you have to work out consistently. And then the same thing works with mental health. The mental health relies on your physical health being strong. And if your physical Mm -hmm. body is not strong, your mental health will decline. So we have found that as your, as your physical health improves, your mental health goes up with it because your bank account goes higher. So instead of having, let's say 100 units of mental health, you have 200 units of mental health as you have 200 units of physical and you keep building, which is why some people you see, you're like, man, like they can handle all these storms. Well, they mm-hmm. built up enough reservoir in their bank account that then when these massive things that, which they're going to hit, right? it can be with, they are, and then they're fine. And then we all stand there and go, how are you fine? And they're like, <laughs> well, I'm just good. I- I'm good. And it's because, like I said, the spiritual minded is life and peace. They built up their peace account. So then when these things happen, they go, well, you know, you know, sure. You know, I told people two weeks ago, my car broke down and the guy's like, yep, two grand. I'm like, you just told me $2,000. And you're like, you didn't even breathe. You just didn't even stop. And, but you know, my wife and I, we have an emergency fund. We save up money for emergencies. I said, and the difference was in this year of our marriage. When I called my wife and said $2,000 for our car compared to the second year of our marriage where there was $100 in the emergency count and something broke and it was $2,000. The level of calm I had was so much different. I'm like, honey, yeah, uh, 2000 bucks. We'll take it out of the emergency. Oh, that's great. Thanks, bud, babe. Good to know. <laughs> you know, the first time I caught him, she's like, life is over. And I'm like, life is over. We're dead. Like, there's nothing else. Like, you know, you know we're going to have to go get a loan. And those stresses add up. And so that's where they do. if you can fill up those reservoirs, get the exercise in, physical exercise. I do love the people. And I understand, I understand people who exercise at night. All power to you. I am the guy who says, if you can do first thing in the morning, 
I agree. First thing, I agree. First thing, it's like I said, like uh, make your bed, making your bed first thing in the morning. Don't wait till later in the day. It gets you some success and you just mm-hmm. feel better as you go on the day. You're like, okay, I, I did that. I did that. And then when your boss comes in and starts yelling at you, you go, it, you don't say it, but you go, yeah, I conquered that hill biking earlier though. I'm good. I can get it done. And yeah, it, it develops that that mental fortitude that you need to get you through the day because it's like you are actually strengthening yourself. Yes. I don't know something something you said. I don't know why it reminded me. Um, one of my clients posted something the other day, and they were like, "Exercise gives you energy, but you also need energy to exercise." Sounds like a scam to me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. I would you know I would agree with that. Uh, I had a man once. Uh, I was doing count. This is probably when I first started ministry right almost 15 years ago right and the guy looks at me and he goes pastor you guys are crazy why am i crazy well the bible makes it very clear that god knows the number of breaths you're going to take and the number of beats your heart will make okay so if god has them already numbered when you exercise your heart goes faster so you are just shortening your life every time you guys that is not how that works (laughs) But it is. He broke the system. He figured it out. He's like, I, I, he's like, I figured I don't need to ever exercise ever again because if I exercise, I just did this. Fa- I took away time. I'm like, well, in that case, no more anxiety for you either because like, that raises your heart rate. I was like, you better not watch football, soccer, <laughs> any sporting event. It, listen, if that was the case, my wife better not walk in the room because my heart rate goes through the roof every time Ooh. she walks. Don't drink caffeine either. No more coffee for you. No more coffee. Mountain Dew. Hey, he was drinking a Mountain Dew while I was talking to him about it. I'm like, the irony <laughs> of this scenario. But, but isn't that not how it works, right? We can be. We all say we hate hypocrites, but we oftentimes are hypocrites. We're hypocrites with our mm-hmm. anxiety. We tell people we long for peace, but then we remove the things that give peace. Reading your Bible, starting off every day with prayer and meditation. Uh, you know, I, I'm drinking, uh, you know, like a yogi tea, which is a no caffeine tea. And I drink it because today I have a lot of stress. I got a lot of things I got to get done. I don't need to add that extra thing in. Doing some stretching, doing some breathing exercises, doing those different Going for things, your bike ride. Going for the bike ride, getting it in there, having that time together, talking with someone you love, right? Encouraging someone else. Those things add to your joy they do not lessen it and that removes the anxiety and then it makes it better i would tell people you know you can have the coolest you know best fittest person ever to go work out with but if they're a jerk you won't make it very long right Mm -hmm. uh one reason me and you are friends you're just very personal you're a very nice person anyone listen to to the podcast can see it you just you're kind you like people right and that works. And, and you, we've, we've all had the guy who's sitting over there who's, you know, people call him the lunkhead, right? I lift with my arm, my muscles, <laughs> and, and, and you don't feel good working out with them, right? And there's nothing enjoyable about them. And you're sitting there and you're like, great, you got a six pack, but you have no sense or, or purpose of personality. And so having mm-hmm. that, picking the right people to be with you, Doing it at the same time. I think consistency matters. I think a lot of times anxiety creeps up because people are undisciplined. And I know people That's true. People look at discipline as a prison. Yeah. Discipline is not a prison. It's a castle. And castles wow. are awesome. 
I've, yet, I've never yet met a person who's like, man, yeah, I really don't want to live in a castle. If someone gave me a castle, I'd be like, no, no, thank you. Don't want the castle. Everyone wants to live too much in- cleaning. I know, but like, I was like, listen, you can go vacation in a castle. You and your wife would be like, in, like, I'm in, right? Like, let me do it. Uh, discipline is your castle. The walls are there for your protection and for your guidance. Mm-hmm. Setting those things up. And that's the same thing in your life. It's discipline. Discipline is there. Getting up at the same time. Doing the same exercise. Now, doing some rotation so you have some joy. So you're not stuck. Not getting stuck in a routine. But understanding, here's what, here's when I work out. Now, the workouts may vary, but here's when I work out. Here's when I pray. Mm-hmm. Here's when I do this. And those things remove anxiety from your life. Because yeah. then you know... Okay, this and I would say removing toxic people from your life. And I'm and sometimes yep. people don't like that line of removing toxic people. Let me be very clear. What I'm saying I'm not saying walking up to people going, "You are done in my life." I'm, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that sometimes you have to come to the realization of, "Hey, this person isn't good for me." Uh, me and you talked about one time. I talked about Oreos, right? I love Oreos. Oreos mm-hmm. aren't good. For me. Love Oreos. So Oreos are not good for me. Um, like Christmas. My wife buys a package of Oreos for me to share with the kids at Christmas. And like, and they will be done before the kids even look oh, at them. Like, like before my three kids get there, I'm like, okay, kids, give me – I don't go get them. I ask one of my children to go get me a number, and I tell them, don't bring me more. And they give me just that number because, listen, that is the discipline I have created for us. And then when I'm done – and by the way, I'm like, when that day's over, all these cookies are gone. They will not be in the house because this is a thing for me. I know that, right? And you have to know this is where it is. This is something that can remove the anxiety. It can remove the depression. Depression works on a very similar wavelength. I did a conference mm-hmm. on this. I talked. To, uh, I don't think I talked to you about that. I did a conference this spring, uh, the Living in Spite of conference. I did a conference on mm-hmm. uh, slaying the anxiety monster and the demons of depression. And I talked wow. about one of the things that come. That's a book. It's, it, it is halfway done. I got four books I'm writing at the same time in the background. That's one of them. <laughs> and I, I really, I love that. The idea behind of understanding the anxiety monster is that it's a monster and it will mm-hmm. eat you. You can't leave it there. The Bible tells us let it, not letting any bitterness spring up within you. Casting all your care upon him. That verse literally means like a person taking a slingshot and throwing the rock. You're not holding it in there. You have to literally throw it as far as you can away. Anxiety can't stay. Anxiety is the smoke detector. It's letting you know there's a fire somewhere something's Mm -hmm. burning and so you guys go what's burning the problem that most people have with anxiety is they try to suppress it they do what most people do with the smoke detector they're trying to put out the smoke or like open a window but the thing's still gonna burn or they walk in there how many people have done this if you're listening to the podcast right now if you've done this i want you to raise your hand you walk in the room (laughs) you go over to the smoke detector you take the smoke detector and you turn off the smoke detector and that's what most people do with anxiety Hey, if you go over to a friend's house and every time you leave, you feel full of anxiety, that is your body screaming out for help. I've done marriage counseling and I'll be in the middle of marriage counseling. We'll do the session and I'll have the guy go, yeah, you know, when me and my future wife or something are getting ready to get married, right? I have anxiety whenever I'm around her and I'm like, run, (laughs) run. Like, you know, a spouse is supposed to double your joys and half your sorrows not the other way around. And I think a lot of us, because someone looks good, 
or because they were, they, well, they'll say, say, well, they've been my friend for 15 years. No, they were your friend 15 years ago. And there's the difference of understanding that Oreos may have given me comfort 15 years ago, but they built my anxiety up higher because they stopped me from exercising. They stopped me from doing the things that I need. The things to that do. truly, yes, that truly reduce your anxiety. Yep. You know, you, toxic relationships, toxic, even with food. Yes, even with food. And toxic relationships are they food, they're churches. I mean, people talk, spiritual abuse is a big talking point right now, people. And I'm always like, listen, mm-hmm. if, if you're in one of those things, you need to leave it. It, it just needs to be done. It, it, and that, But I will counter that by adding sometimes if you go from place to place to place, right? So you go to 17 houses and every single one of the houses, your anxiety goes up. You might be the toxic person. Oof. And that's a hard one to live with. Uh, there was a time in my life where I realized, and, and I don't know if I would use the word I was toxic. Maybe I was, but I definitely wasn't helpful. I was too stressed. And that stress came out as curtness. And I'm not talking about James T. Kirkness. I'm talking about curtness, where I was just abrupt. And it wasn't the version that God needed me to be. And so then mm. I realized, I'm like, man, like every room I go into, they're all grumps. No, they weren't. I'm a grump. And if I'm a grump, then it will pass on to the room. And I need to change. No one's mm-hmm. going to make me healthy, but me. And so in Amen. the end... I have to change. I have to exercise. I have to get up. And the correlation between those two, I think it was the um, either the American Pediatrics uh, of uh, American Pediatric Association did the correlation between mental health and that, or it was I think it's it's not MAD. It's um, oh the Association of American Mothers Pedi- Against Drunk Driving. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not that one. It's the other one. They have a very similar acronym, and they 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 they. Uh, measured depression over the years. And they put, they said, one of the first things we tell you is exercise. And yeah. Go out, take a walk at your lunch break. I believe like, even if, if you're listening to this you say, well, listen, I don't know where to start. My first recommendation Just is go take a walk, go take a walk. Literally the value of walking. If you can walk in some grass, I know like people are going to go, why walk? It is just that connection between. And do it barefoot like a hobbit. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am. I am not the barefoot hobbit guy. No. But there is something about walking in a field. That's actually true. And seeing the value nature. of God's beautiful nature, especially mm-hmm. if you're in, especially if you're full of anxiety. You know, the Bible talks, the grass where the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And when you look at the beauty of creation and you see all that God has done and you're like, wow. Wow. I mean, you know, God says, are we not much more than sparrows? And God knows every mm-hmm. sparrow by name. And you get to see the beautiful creation that God has. There is something, you know, beauty is therapy and therapy is beauty. Is. And, and I think that also that talks about how we're wired because what's really interesting is a bunch of studies showed that the color green specifically actually makes us want to exercise our bodies more. Ooh, I did not know that. I, dude, I am yeah. holding that. That was a cool one. Yeah, that's why you fill the fill the room with plants. Like yes. work out in nature. It actually makes you want to exercise more. Going for a run in the forest, stuff like that. All right, I like to, I like to do the biking. The biking's my thing. I love yep. to go out there. We have a natural bike trails. We have some concrete bike trails. I take my kids on the concrete ones. I do the natural ones myself, and I like doing them. And they're just they're fun to be out there. And I look, and when you're riding your bike in my world, this is my world. Uh, the other day, I had a very stressful day. I had someone get mad at me over something. 
Uh, one was because I one was I didn't do anything wrong. The other one was they misunderstood me, and I didn't clarify something. So I, you know, however you want to say it, I'm wrong. I didn't do the I didn't clarify it enough. It's on me, and I'm frustrated because I just got yelled at. It's there. And I'm like, I'm gonna go for a bike ride. Right? So I go out there and I ride the bike. And when you ride the bike, and all of a sudden you see a deer drinking water in a stream. And then you pass the deer. Yeah, and the, then you start singing. Yeah, there it is, dude. I love that song. No, actually, I don't really love that song. That song drives me nuts. I don't know. You ever go, why you listen? I, I grew up in a world where people, all my friends in youth groups sang that song. And I was always like, no, no, not again. I don't want to be told I have to be peaceful. And so, <laughs> but no, it is. It's a beautiful song. And seeing that, you see that, and you see the fish swimming in the stream, right? And you get that. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to go fishing. Fishing is a fun hobby for me being able to sit there and just enjoy god's creation and rest your soul and know you're Mm -hmm. at peace it works it does and you found what recharges you and what truly does refill you you know exercise does that like your bike ride but also just enjoying god's creation going for a walk it's those things that truly do affect our mental health and we don't realize it and i would tell people this this is the um, you may argue with me on every other different thing I talk about here today. You can argue with the Bible. You can argue with anything you want to argue with. So this next thing I'm going to say is not popular, but I'm going to say it anyways, and we'll go with it. Social media is not your friend. I agree. It's a tool. And you are the product. And you are the product. And you're. And I tell people, if you're dealing with extreme social anxiety, you're dealing with depression, I am going to strongly, as an ordained pastor, counselor, advise you, do a fast. Fasting is withholding something from yourself. A lot of people only think of fasting as the eating fast. Well, I'm going to talk about the eating of social media. You are Mm -hmm. consuming social media. Shut TikTok off for a week. Shut off Instagram. And I think that goes back to the question you asked earlier about people. And they, they come to you and they're like, I feel bad. Or they say, hey, I want to look like someone else. Why do you want to look like someone else? Why do you have this innate desire to look like someone else? Is it because you are looking at them for an hour a day? What you consume is what you will want to be. And That's true. You know, if you read a bunch of mystery books, you're going to start looking at the world through a mystery lens. You'll want to be like Sherlock Holmes. Yes, buddy. Sherlock Holmes. I'm reading Hercule Poirot right now. I'm, I'm going through Cure. I like your Cure. Always enjoyed his writing. Uh, Agatha Christie's writings about him, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But if you read the Bible and you read a proverb a day, I tell people, listen, if you take the time, most people say, well, I don't have time to study the word of God. I don't have time to exercise. I'll give you a challenge. Uh, pull up your, I think I got my iPhone up here. Here's my iPhone. Pull up your iPhone, right? Go on the iPhone settings. Look up your time on social media. They have like a little time chart. Yep. And see your thing there. And whatever the number is, that you're doing on social media, YouTube, whatever. Read your Bible. Cut it in half and replace that with exercise and Bible. Mm -hmm. Do it for a week and come back to me, see how you feel. It it is amazing when people will go, if they'll do it, if they'll actually do it. Not one reason I love it is, is that the phone doesn't lie. That's always one of my statements I say. The phone doesn't lie because the phone will tell you exactly how long you've been on it. So you're going to come back to me in a week and you're going to pull your phone up. And I always tell people, we're going to take a screenshot of it. And then a week from now, you're going to come back and we're going to compare. 
And it's amazing how many people come back and be like, I feel so much more relieved. I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not concerned. I, I'm better. I didn't feel like I needed to buy 65 million things because I didn't see 65 million things. Once again, like you said, <laughs> we're the product. We are the product. So, Wow. That is a really good challenge. I think I'm going to start utilizing that for myself, probably, and my own clients as well. Because um, that is really good. That's really good. Yep. Well, it works. So it does. Well, listen, I appreciate you being here. Uh, we took an hour of your time today, but it was a delightful hour. I know you got a busy, stressful day, but I appreciate you making the time for this. Appreciate you. Like I said, thank you again for those listening. He was one of my early reviewers for the new book, Helping a Starving Soul. He, uh, we, the last time we were on, we gave away one of these books, the Starving That's Soul true. books. Let's do this when Basics for Believers comes out. I will give away one copy of that book to one of your listeners. We'll figure out something to do for it, to give it away to people, to be it nice. Uh, just a good Let's thing do to it. do it. It'll be fun for them. And for those who like to read, I know it, it, it makes life better to have a good book. So we'll go for it. That is true, especially uh, for your night routine instead of scrolling social media. That is it. It is true. It works. It's much better to read <laughs> uh, Count of Monte Cristo and enjoy Oof. a chapter of that book before you go to bed or The Man in the Iron Mask, or, hey, The Scarlet Ladder, Tale of Two Cities, or how about this? Read a proverb from the book of Proverbs. Read a psalm. Read a psalm. Hey, you read Psalm 25, fret not thyself for evildoers, you will feel more peaceful and you will rest. Amen. There's a challenge. Amen. Amen. Well, again, once again, D. Joe Jackson joining <laughs> us today. Uh, I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for being here. And for those listening, catch us next time on the Healthy Christian Project.